0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. So today, I'm delighted to be joined by Doctor Mark Andrew. Uh, Mark Andrews, all the way from from Georgia, where it's very it, it's very hot. It's it's hot in the UK, so <laughs> it's unusual for us, and it uh, and it's unusual for you. You were saying, um, Mark, for it to be sticky and hot and sticky this early on in the,
1: Yeah, absolutely. This early first day of summer, we're already into late July weather.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah we're recording this on the 21st of uh, 21st of June it'll probably go out July August maybe so um, it's probably even stickier now there way as you listen to this uh, dear listeners. so Mark is the founder and director of um, adoptive family Resources and he's also uh, an adoptive adoptive dad. He's got a 35 um, year old son uh, and his wife and, uh, and a 27 year old Daughter, from uh, that's what we're one of the things that we talked about from last time. So, uh, welcome to the show, Mark. You thank uh, Mark. Thank you for making time for us today.
1: Well, thanks, Simon, for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. So, one of the
0: things that we talked about last time in our little pre podcast um, chat was uh, iron h- helping adoptees see their iron, ironclad value that's that's what I well, that's what I scribbled down um, at the end of our conversation and, and what we're talking about here really is the um, the ultimate in terms of self-esteem um, seeing our seeing our, our worth uh, not uh, an end to questioning our, our, our self-worth and from what I've I've been exploring this area with adoptees and, and non-adoptees uh, for the last 13 years. I found it's 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 one of the biggest, uh, biggest issues that we all have. What makes it different for adoptees is, is as adoptees, we have sometimes um, a compelling logic to believe that we are... Not good enough because we were to, to use um, perhaps an emotional topic, an emotional word, given away or relinquished, and and, and that is perhaps one of the biggest, the underlying challenge that uh, that I've that I, that I've faced. In, in, in my life and one which I've heard other adoptees and adoption professionals um, point out. What what do you make of
1: all that? Well, Simon, I, th- I think you're right on. I think for every human being, um, you know, that question of who am I, we all Wrestle with that and explore that. It's not like we ask that question verbatim to ourselves growing up, but that's part of growing up is establishing identity, which usually comes along around puberty and early adolescence. But I believe, and just kind of, you know, with my own experience with our children, that, that question for adoptees is, is multi layered. Um, I recall when I was writing my uh, doctoral dissertation, uh, my daughter. Um, who's now 27, and she was probably early early 20s at the time, said, "Dad, make sure that you put a section in there about identity," and that really struck me. I thought, "Huh, that's interesting that she would say that, but it makes a lot of sense that she would say that because that's the main, that's the core issue there." Um, and, and the reason I say it's multi-layered because it's it's for the adoptee. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's figuring out who they are, not just uh, in in a traditional way, but you know, who am I now that um, for the, for you know for our kids anyway, you know, who are adopted from India. It's who am I in this country? Uh, who am I? Um, who who am I uh, as a person of color with white parents? Um, who am I <clears throat> in this in this strange new world? Where do I fit? And I think uh, for any adoptee, I think maybe maybe more so in some ways for the for the inner country adoptee, but for all adoptees, that question is multi-layered. And as you said, Simon, it's also tied directly into, <clears throat> excuse me, those those feelings, uh, for lack of a better term, those feelings of of abandonment, uh, relinquishment, whatever word we want to use. That's in that you know why why was I uh, why was I given up. And what does that say about me? Uh, it means that I am less than. It means that I am not enough. And I think that's a struggle, you know, on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> that's a struggle for every uh, adoptee. Um, you know, those, those core questions that all, all center on, who am I and where do I fit in this world? Yeah,
0: fascinating stuff. Um, is there any way that you could kind of summarize what you feel that those layers are? Because I agree it's multi-layered, but the question that came to my mind, well, what are the layers? Mm I
1: guess, I guess what I meant, Simon, by layers are, are those, are those questions. Maybe, I don't know if layers is the best word for it, but those, those questions that um, I know that our kids went through Uh, some of those in their own mind internally and also externally where they were verbalized. Uh, I guess what I would, what I would term layers are those, are those questions that they wrestle with, as I mentioned earlier, who am I in this country? Where do I fit? Why was I given up? Um, You know, that's kind of what I'm pointing towards as far as layers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, um, my
0: my own view on those layers would be perhaps slightly different.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I would say perhaps, I would, I would agree, uh, yeah. I would agree with the, 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 the there's more complexity. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say, you know, if you looked at, and this is just my, uh, my lived experience as a, as, a, as a white guy, as a white baby, adopted mm-hmm. by white parents, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't have the layer of complexity um, of the, um, the, the transracial piece, like mm-hmm. your kids do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but you've, then you've got another layer. You've got a, so you've got a race layer, perhaps. Perhaps right. that's it. Perhaps race is a layer. Mm-hmm. Perhaps um, culture is a layer.
1: Absolutely, that is so, what, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So for uh, and, and 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 there would be uh, uh, yeah. So I was adopted from from. Well, yeah, my birth mother was was um, uh, English, and my parents mm-hmm. English.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't have the cultural layer, but like maybe a, a white. Uh, a, a white kid adopted from Russia
2: uh-huh.
0: would have a culture. They wouldn't have the race. They wouldn't have the, you know, the, 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 color issue, mm-hmm. um, um, but they would have a cultural issue. Exactly. So, so maybe, and then you've got the kind of, um, uh, y- your kids were what they were, were they five and, as I've written it down here. Four, there were four and a half and seven. Mm-hmm, so correct. they've got the kind of the the, the 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 layer of complexity of what happened before they were adopted.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, whereas I was only five weeks old, right? So my mm-hmm. I, I haven't got that kind of the, the, the period. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: the the layer of the period of of what happened to, is shorter. Mm-hmm. So it's simpler, and then you could you could also put the the layer that we all adoptees um, uh, uh, apparently or allegedly suffer um, this kind of this primal wound layer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the layers could be race, culture, um, what happened pre adoption, and the uh, and the uh, and the and the primal wound. So they they mm-hmm. they they could make up what those layers were. Right. Uh, it's interesting because I'd never thought of you. You use the layer, and I'm thinking, well, what are the layers? You see the layers as the questions, and I think maybe all those questions come from different parts of the layer. So right. The 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 the, the race layer has loads of questions. The culture layer has loads of questions. The um what happened the pre-adoption occurrences questions and then the, the primal wound questions. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that, that's one
1: way of mm-hmm. looking at. Yeah. I think that's a good way to illustrate that. Yeah. 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 So
0: what, what have you learned as both personally with your, um, Raising your own kids, and professionally helping other adoptive parents, what have you learned about? Um, I don't know what what do you do with a lair? You, you pierce a lair.
3: You you ask uh, you
0: resolve the issues. You answer the questions that come up in the lair. You resolve the layers you peel back the layers of the onion perhaps Mm -hmm. Um, i'm not sure which metaphor makes most sense for you there but what what
3: if what have you learned
0: addressing those layers addressing those questions
1: Mm -hmm. wow that's a that's a deep um question there um what have i learned um I think, and I hope this is I hope this is addressing that question, Simon. Uh, again, I go back to the fact that we are uh, parents, my wife and I of kids from a different culture, a different uh, different uh, skin tone. Um, um, what I have learned is that um, when when we adopted them, we had to understand that. Um, we immediately became a multi-ethnic, multi-racial family. Um, we weren't just uh, white parents with Indian children. It was—it's more than that. Okay. We are—we are automatically a, a a multi-ethnic family. And uh, again, I hope I'm answering your, your, your question there. Um, we've also had to remind ourselves, I like to use the, the saying um, that, you know, we do not have their genes, which is obvious, but um, uh, the, the fact that we don't, um, um, we have to understand and try to, try to understand where uh, they are coming from, a very, very foreign uh, Culture, a very foreign environment, and just being sensitive and, and, and aware to that. Um, even though, you know, even to this day, even though both of our kids are, 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 are fully Americanized, um, our, our son's been with us since 1994, our daughter's been with us since 1999, um, you know, they are and um, always will be uh, Indian. Uh, we also have to realize that, um, you know, uh, we, my wife and I, not being people of color, that um, that our kids um, are not going to automatically gravitate towards white people as their friends and peers. Um, you know, uh, to my knowledge, uh, and, and both of our children are not yet married, but to my knowledge. Um, all of the people that my son and daughter have, have dated, um, my, my daughter's engaged now, uh, all have been African-American and there's a reason for that. Um, and so, uh, we had to, uh, again, I'll speak for myself. I, you know, I had to really do a, a shift in my mind that I could not assume that all of their, you know, or most of their close relationships were going to be white people because they're not. Uh, so I hope that kind of addresses that somewhat, um, because yeah. I think I think that's one of those layers.
0: So I I love the um, I I loved what you started with. You know, you you, you said, well, we're immediately a, a multi ethnic and multiracial family,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: the idea that came to to mind was, um, you know, sometimes you they serve. Uh, cafe latte in a, in a, in a clear, like a, a clear triangular glass. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a bit like a, a, it looks like a bit like a, a cocktail glass mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than a solid ceramic cup. Mm-hmm. And you can see three levels, mm-hmm. you can see three levels uh, of, of uh, you know, you've got the, the kind of the foam at the top, then you've got, um, uh, you know, a, a light brown, and then you've got a, a milk bit, haven't you? I think is that, does is that what it looks like? There's two, there's two or three layers, and right, know. right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and uh, but but you were a, you're a, a you're a blended family, mm-hmm. which is what happens if you stir that. Uh, right. You, if you stir that latte up, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you are definitely not the white of the milk right so yeah on the color one so yeah the, the express the espresso goes in at the bottom and then the milk goes in at the top and they separate out and then you you stir them up but you're definitely not all white you're definitely mm-hmm. not a separate mm-hmm. you're, you're not in two in two layers you are a you are a blended family mm-hmm. and it's as one so there's quite a big shift to you're, you're no longer mm-hmm. a, 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 a white family with brown kids. You are a white parents with brown kids. You are mm-hmm. a, a, a multi-ethnic and a multiracial family. Right, and that was a shift. That was a shift in the way that you saw it. And you also okay. talked about a shift in uh, in assumptions. You. You, you talked about challenging your own assumptions. You mm-hmm. couldn't be safe in your own. Uh, you couldn't be, you had to move your mindset on. Your mindset had to move on in terms of, you talked about mm-hmm. dating. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about here is shifts. Right. In, in how you think. Right. How, shifts in how you think. I'm talking about shifting how I think so in any Mm -hmm. relationships in any relationship, it's about how, how we see the relationship Mm -hmm. rather than about our kids.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I have to, I've had to continually or often Simon being looking, looking outside of myself, um, you know, to try, uh, to, um, understand the best I can. And I, I know we're kind of gravitating here more towards, you know, international adoptees because that's our world. Um, but I, I've had to, to try to uh, um, intentionally <clears throat> um, empathize, understand um, the world that my children have, have come from and the world that they experience here um, in, in the deep South. Um, you know, um, I recall back, uh, I guess my son was in third grade and he's not one to, he's kind of, he's just kind of a happy-go-lucky guy and he always has been, even as a child. But I remember him coming home from school one day um, with tears in his eyes and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with him. I say, "What? what happened, what happened? Well, he said, you know, some little this little boy at school evidently they were in an argument or something like that or, or an altercation he said this little this other boy uh told me that I need to go back to my country where I came from and that really angered me because I wanted to go down to that school and find that other kid and drop kick him <laughs> but for the first time <clears throat> and again this all I think all goes back to this identity thing for the first time um You know, I felt kind of second person, second hand. I felt just a little tiny bit, a little tiny bit of what he felt as far as feeling racial prejudice. And, uh, you know, the little boy who told him that was actually black. And so that little guy, you know, the other little guy probably had heard that from somebody else. But that really um, got my antenna up about... um, you know uh what our kids as people of color may have to deal with here in 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 the deep south i mean my son has been uh you know he's he's admitted to me that he's been stopped before uh by the police um and felt pretty strongly that was because of the of the of the color of his skin and uh the police were very cordial to him once he showed them his driver's license that, should, that showed that he's a veteran Marine. <laughs> he said they changed their tune when they saw that. So again, I think that all ties into this identity thing too of, you know, um, who am I? Why am I treated this way? Um, um, and that's been, that's been difficult at times for, for both, especially our son, but our daughter also uh, 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 growing up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I, I, we watch a lot of well, a couple of couple of hours, two or three hours, tally a night, and watch a lot of cop shows, uh-huh. uh, and a lot of a lot of American shows. And um, yeah, um, a lot. Of, I think a lot of cops used to be Marines, so mm-hmm. that's that's one of the they mm-hmm. respect. They respect the, respect of the Marines. Um, I, I, interesting. We talk about the different. Uh, different sorts of racial prejudice because uh, m- m- so my my school was ninety eight percent white some uh, some or ni- probably ninety five percent white maybe three three percent Asian two percent black something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, but I, I remember. A there was a, a an Indian guy, um, and I was probably not much older than your than your son when I heard him say this, but he he expressed some racial prejudice against Pakistanis, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was my earliest kind of well yeah. Um, as a guy living in a white culture,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that was a shock. That was a shock to me. And, and he was probably the most racist person that I'd come across. I, ha- I hadn't come <laughs> across anybody who was a white person who was as prejudiced against black people as this mm-hmm. Indian guy was towards... Pakistani mm-hmm. people. So it, mm-hmm. it it comes in, in all shapes. <laughs> well it comes in all in in in, in, in all colours, isn't it? And I'm it's sure all does. to do with threat, isn't it? It's all, all it's all to especially here in the UK, you know, we've we we left Europe with this Brexit thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the politicians uh promised Safer jobs for whites or safer jobs, safer jobs for, for, for British people if there were less, if there was less immigration, shorter queues for healthcare if there was less immigration. And not none of those, neither of those two things had anything to do with Brexit, right? Mm. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, that, that's so it's, it, it's, get, it gets stirred up with, mm-hmm. uh, with, um, by the by the people in power because they mm-hmm. know how to push our buttons and mm-hmm. how how to make other people different. So clearly this is really deep stuff. And for me, underneath all those underneath all those questions, so you've got the, the, the question of of who am I? And you've got another question which is Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Why was I given away, relinquished, mm-hmm. abandoned, not raised by my birth, family?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What have you learned about addressing that, that, that question? hmm
1: yeah, that's another, that's another deep one, Simon, you know, am I, am I good enough? Right. That's that. Am I, am I good enough? Um, and I would say that again, um, you know, like many, most all adoptees our, our kids have, have struggled with that. Um, and uh, there, there's no, you know, there, there's no easy um, strategy or answer to this, and, and helping our kids to to come to, uh, helping any adoptee come to a uh, resolve on this. Um, um, for us, um, as as people of faith, we are people of faith. We 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 are are Christian people. We um, for our kids, I've really put that in the context of um, of the fact that um, that. Um, there is a God um, who gives unconditional love um, to all. And uh, that, um, that grace and that love, um, I, I think, helps to, 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 to address that question. Um, you know, uh, is that, um, you know, mom and dad love you, accept you. Unconditionally, yeah. Um, God, your heavenly Father, God loves you unconditionally. So, for those of us who are people of faith, putting it into that context, I think has helped um, has helped our kids. I think for some adoptees, Simon, this is a this is a, in some ways a lifelong struggle, um, where um, it's it's attached to. Uh, you know, performance um, drive, um, and again, that can be true for for any person, adopted or not. Um, but um, adoptees that I have met who have come to a resolve um, of that question um, have, you know, and again, there's it's, there's no magic switch that gets gets turned. Where they, where they, where they just say, "Okay, now I am good enough." <laughs> it's not like that. It, it, it's a process um, uh, where um, they have relationships with people who who affirm them, both you know, people of their color, people of not their color, uh, people who affirm them, people who support them, um, who in in different ways. Um, in relationships, say, yes, you know, you're okay. You're okay. Just, just, just how you are, you know, it wasn't, no, it wasn't okay. What, you know, how this all came down. Um, And, uh, but you're okay um, as who you are. Um, yeah. Okay. I,
3: I'm
0: not a, Person of faith. However, I do believe that this, the 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 biggest the, the, you said there's no switch to this, mm-hmm. um. So it, it, it's it's a it's a a gradual process
3: of revealing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, 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 re- revealing, remembering. Forgetting, remembering Mm -hmm. again, forgetting (laughs) and remembering again. Uh, So we, it's like falling down, falling down the stairs. It's like we, and it gets it. it, There's some bumps, but you, you. As we go deeper, Mm -hmm. we see better. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I do think that this is about. And I, I hesitate, I hesitate on this one. Um, it's more about faith than it is about psychology. I, I agree. I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: and when we were talking <coughs> about when we were talking about layers before, one of my little metaphors came to to, to life here. So if if we can and um. It's the peeling peeling back the layers of the onion was the kind mm-hmm. of the metaphor that came to mind. So mm-hmm. um, and, and this is the outer layer of the onion is what's happened to us. Um, but that's not who we are. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the 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 next one underneath the layer of the next layer underneath it is, is how we feel our feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How we feel about what happened to us.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: those those kind of come and go, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I know yeah. that
0: has been for our children, yes. So anything that that comes and goes isn't essential to us. It's not it's not mm-hmm. innate, it's not baked in. It's mm-hmm. it, it it kind of it comes and goes. The feelings mm-hmm. when, when the feeling goes, we're still there. Mm-hmm. Like when we take off a when we take a, off our, our our shirt, we're still underneath the shirt, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if we see the see the feelings as something that comes and goes, like a shirt,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so that can't be who we are. Uh, and then the 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 next level of. Uh, the next layer of the onions is is the thoughts. So the so the the you could you could say one of the feelings could be insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a thought that goes with that is the is is the questions you were talking about and that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, am I am, am I am I good enough? Am am I enough?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then. The next layer of the onion, because we're going deeper,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it, it, it is it is the 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 thing, the person, the the entity that's having those thoughts,
2: mm-hmm.
3: feeling those feelings, and to which these.
0: That went through these events, and, right. and so we're we're not what happened to us. We're not the feelings in our heads.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, we're not the feelings in our hearts. We're mm-hmm. not the thoughts in our head. So we're left with, well, what are we then? What what is this identity thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the easiest way I can understand, I can explain that is. Uh,
3: a French philosopher, I often quote this guy,
0: and I never remember how exactly how to, to, to pronounce his name, He's, he said, uh,
3: we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Mm-hmm. So the human experience... Is, are the events, the feelings, and the thoughts? But we're that
0: spirit. Mm-hmm. This is why I kind of because of your background and your faith and your uh, qualification.
3: Um, we're, the, we're the spirit that all
0: this stuff happens to. And that's who we truly are. That's the mm-hmm. perfection.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And
3: to simplify this yet further,
0: I use the I use a, a a mentor of mine's metaphor: uh, a, a a diamond in horse poop. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough. Yes. So the horse poop consists of the poopy. Feel, sorry, the poopy events that happen to us, mm-hmm. like losing our birth parents, the poopy feelings that we have, uh, it's such as insecurity, mm-hmm. and the poopy
3: thoughts, mm-hmm. that am I good enough thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that poop, the three layers
0: of poop there, Obscures, but it doesn't change right. the essence and the brilliance of who we right. truly are, which is right. the diamond mm-hmm. obscured by that.
3: Yeah,
1: I like that. It's very, a very uh, vivid and a very vivid picture.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: That's, you know, that's the, I think for me, that's the essence Mm -hmm. of it all. But understanding the nuances of that and getting to the point to express it like that.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, and
0: me seeing that for myself, right?
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It's, I see it, then I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I see it. I see it. I know it's it's like um, it's like a, a, a tightrope. Yeah, I, I I know the safety net mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've fallen and I know the safety net safety net is there.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm less afraid of walking the tightrope, the mm-hmm. tightrope of emotions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Tricky emotions.
3: Um so that's why
0: for me this is about you know the the, the faith the spirit stuff rather than the psychology. It's mm-hmm. it's prior to it's beyond the psychology, or it's before the psychology, beyond the psychology, it's deeper, it's underneath all that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I, th- I think you're right on there, Simon. Whether you know whether the adoptee are, is a person of faith or not, um, it, it does come down to um, an issue of, of of that of that leap of faith. And again, I'm I'm not I'm not an adoptee, but in my own observation for adoptees that I've worked with, it, it does come down whether whether or not they are a person of faith. It does come down to an issue of faith. Um, Even if they don't believe in God, it comes down to an issue of faith that despite all of this, I'm okay. I'm okay as as who I am. Uh, I have no uh, control over what did happen to me in the past, the relinquishment, the abandonment. Um, I have no, you know, uh, the, the adoptees that I have worked with and seen who really have <clears throat> made that identity transition well in a healthy way are the ones who have been able to, to come to that point of faith where they said, despite all of this, I'm okay as who I am. I'm okay as who I am. And uh, I think also those are the people who have had a really strong uh, support system around them Um, beginning with parents, uh, with their circle of friends, with, you know, the help of counseling, support groups, whatever, Um, you know, the the people who have been able to to make that jump of faith, if you will, about identity are also the people who have had a really strong support village around them that has consistently uh, affirmed them and I know that's, that's been true for us. I think even though, you know, even though both of our children still, I think, struggle, like you said, it comes and goes, it comes and goes. Uh, even though both of our kids, I think occasionally struggle with that, who am I question, even as adults, I think what has brought them along a long way has been, and we're thankful for this, you know, is, is the strong support system of people around them, people that they can trust. Um, If you have people around you that you can trust, those are also people that you believe what they say is true. Uh, Not just by what they say, but by their actions. And um, when I think about the support that we have gotten, that our children have gotten from our community of support, Um, Our immediate family, our extended family, um, our church family, um, others who have, uh, you know, uh, different groups who have, who have consistently, um, who have consistently shown by their, not just by their words, but by their actions, primarily by their actions, not that they're colorblind, because there's no such thing as colorblindness, Um, you know, it's not like they just see our kids as, like I said, as, as Indian kids with white parents, but kids, people who have really honored our kids' culture, who have really honored their struggle, um, that support system has helped them to, in large part, to to come to a point point, say, you know, I'm okay just as I am, and, and I don't think any adoptee can, can, can come to that leap of faith in, in you know, in isolation by themselves. No. They can't do that. Um, you know, you, you've got to have those, we talked about layers earlier, you know, they've got to have those layers of support that continually, consistently, and this is what our children have gotten over the past, you know, three decades, um, that continual reinforcement, you know, um, yes, we know that you are different. We know that, We, but, um, you know, you are okay. Yeah. You you are okay. And that's what really has made a difference, I think, in the lives of our kids. And even like I say, they still, you know, it comes and goes. There's still some struggles there. And, there, and I think for most adoptees, not all, but most adoptees, whether it's, you know, inner country or, or not, um, there's always going to be, you know, some of those little issues that kind of, Kind of rear their heads once in a while. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I think for me, the the uh, kids take their lead from their parents, right? They Um, sure do. Mm -hmm. So, how 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 you see your kids, um, your faith in their okayness? is going to be the biggest,
2: mm-hmm.
0: one of the biggest, uh, the, I don't know, the biggest or one of the biggest drivers mm-hmm. of their own
2: mm-hmm.
0: perception Absolutely. of their own okayness. And, and what came to my mind as I, as I was listening to you was the, um, is it uh, Oprah and uh, Bruce Perry, is it, have done this? hmm the- mm-hmm it's right. it's not uh, the the this this book or is it, i was looking at it on audible i'm gonna i think i'm gonna buy it um it's not what's wrong with you it's what
1: happens it's what's, what's happened, happened to you. exactly about happen.
0: that so the, so what's happened to you is is is, is the poop is, mm-hmm. is is on the poop layer it's not the diamond layer hmm so right the, the more clearly that you you can see and, and you um dear listeners, the more you can see your kids okayness
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, is uh the, the the clearer you can see that, the uh the more significant a driver of your own behavior mm-hmm. that's gonna be. So the clearer right. that you can see it, the clearer you've got it, the the Sorry, I'm shrugging with this. The clearer you can see it for yourself, the better mm-hmm. you're able you're going to be able to point it out to your kids, mm-hmm. and the more likely they are to, to see it for themselves because they have to see it for mm-hmm. themselves. It's a it's a it's a insight, it's a sight from within. It's not a mm-hmm. penny drops. The penny drops for 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 us first and for the people that we love second but we have Mm -hmm. to help that penny drop it's not what we say it's what they hear um, Mm -hmm. and it's not what we point at it's what they see Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: right to me when I say that it kind of it almost seems too easy.
2: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. And what do you make
0: of all that? What do you make of this insight stuff that I'm talking about? And helping the kids <laughs> see this stuff for themselves.
1: So I'm sorry, say that last part again when the kids uh, see.
0: Helping, helping kids see stuff for themselves. Because what we want, what we want the kids to see is mm-hmm. their perfection, their essence of, 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 of the, the that essential nature as the diamond that has been Mm -hmm. through some poop.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They have to see that for themselves,
1: right? Well, they do. They do. And that's, again, that's not an overnight process that comes through a lot of bumps and bruises, if you will, you know,
0: emotionally.
1: Um, Um, Yeah.
0: I mean, I've been looking at this for, I've been looking at this for 13 years and I continue to look at it. You, mm-hmm. you you referred earlier on about to curiosity and and um, challenging. Uh, you, you talked about um, uh, consistently challenging your own thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's this idea that it's a one and done, and and it it it, it it's life it's lifelong. It's a this is lifelong learning stuff. This it is sure is. And mm-hmm. we talked about we talked about this before. I. Um, Before I started recording, you the fact that we all have we all have off days, right? And if we can Mm -hmm. be, uh, yeah, I had uh, an adoptee on on the show last year, and I talked about you know, so what comes to your mind when you hear this phrase "thriving adoptees"? And she said, uh, "Well, I I don't think I'm thriving," Mm -hmm. and. And uh, and and it transpired that her view of thriving was never feeling down.
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: And that's that's just humanly impossible. (laughs) Right, right. Right. But for any of us, us, yeah. Sorry? For for all of us. For any of us. Yeah. For any of us. Mm -hmm. If we can be if we can be okay with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not feeling okay, we're always okay. Mm
1: Mm-hmm and i think along with that simon you know it it takes me back to one of the main sections that i wrote in my dissertation a few years back and i'm i'm hoping this is going to be in a you know we talked you talked about a, a book earlier i'm hoping to write a book on this but i think another uh, one of the biggest pieces of the of the puzzle here for for adoptees um especially adoptees that have had no memory or no contact uh, or connection at all with birth parents, as is true with our children, is a a big piece of coming to um, resolve is um, being able to uh, deal with this thing called ambiguous loss. Um, You know, loss... Uh, that's really, you know, there was a, an adoption researcher that that talked about, you know, that loss is really kind of the, I think she called the hub of the wheel. Um, everything that adoptees struggle with emanates from loss. Um, I think her name is Deborah Silverstein. She wrote an article on this decades ago. And I think in and this is part of the identity process too the, who am I process? I think uh, for adoptees who have, and this is true of many, especially international adoptees of having no connection, no memory uh, of, of, of birth parents. Uh, they have to wrestle and deal with this ambiguous loss, which is loss without any closure. Yeah. You know, typically when there's a loss in life, whether it's the, you know, the death of a family member or the loss of a job, uh, the loss of health through a, you know, chronic illness or whatever, people typically at some point over time, sometimes a long time, come to a point of, of resolve that, okay, this person is gone now. My job is gone now. Uh, I have, you know, I close the door, I don't forget about it, but I'm moving on, I'm moving on. And uh, I think for many adoptees, that's much easier said than done, because their losses are ambiguous, there is no, there is no um, healthy closure to that. Um, And that's a traumatic thing. And I think that also feeds into the, to the identity to the who am I thing. Um, because um, as human beings, our, our identity is, is tied into our parents. And so um, there's a huge chasm there for many adoptees who have had no connection, no knowledge of of who their birth parents were. You know, if there are no records or whatnot is, uh, you know, it's it's like my, my daughter mentioned, and she gave me permission to say this because I put it in the... Uh, I put it in the in the dissertation. She said, "There's not a day that doesn't go by, that um, that I don't uh, think about, you know, my birth parents. Who were they? Are they still alive? You know, as I think when I was talking with you pre-recording, when we were talking before, you know, that movie Lion that came out several years ago, a powerful movie, and my kids both went to see that, and I asked them how they." What they thought about it and my, my son said dad it was a good movie but it was not realistic of course the movie was based on a on a real a real life account where the you know the 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 indian son you know through this elaborate google search found his his birth mother in this remote village in india and he said but my son said that that was a great movie but it's not realistic and he was right about that it was you know because that was a needle in a haystack event and he said, you know, uh, most adoptees like us, we will we'll never know. No. And I think um, um, for, particularly for intercountry adoptees, but even for domestic adoptees who, who, who don't know and never will know, um, they, have to, they have to come to that resolve that that will always be um, ambiguous. You know, yes, I did yeah. have birth parents. I don't know who they are. I will probably never know who they are and how do I, how do I move on from that?
0: So I think that, um, loss is a huge part of the poop.
1: Mm -hmm. Huge. And maybe the biggest part.
3: And, and, and folk, what, what we, yeah. Um, that's why focusing and it's 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 um
0: it's unresolved if it's unresolvable then it's just gonna it's just gonna eat eat at us. Yeah. And and I think I can only talk clearly I can only talk about my own experience here. So if I if I look at two causes of uh two pieces of poop in my life, right? I can, I can talk about um, business. Bis- you know, running the family business caused me a lot mm-hmm. of poop. And adoption has also caused, caused me some poop. Mm-hmm. With the business stuff, I just
3: doubled down to improve
0: the mm-hmm. business. And then after so many years when I figured, okay, I, I've, I've, I'm at the end of, I, I, I've done all I can do. I, I'm out. of did. I, I sold the business with the, what I felt really tricky with the, uh, the adoption stuff is, is you can't, you can't change it. You can't be unadopted. Right. Right. So, if if we make loss uh, the
3: hub of the wheel, then that wheel is never going
0: to run at full speed because the, the, there's a there's a weakness there. Mm-hmm. There's a weakness there, and, mm-hmm. and 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 I would I would never make the uh, I would never make so so fact if it's a foundation yeah. Um, so I'm jumping around the metaphors. I would never focus on something that I couldn't change. I couldn't mm-hmm. see clearly. It, it, as you say, it, it's it's a it's a black hole, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to find peace in a black hole. I'm never going to find solid ground in mm-hmm. a black hole because that's not what black holes are about. They're about right. vacuums, aren't they? I think I'm, I'm not a sci-fi fan. But if if we focus on the loss, which we can't change, if we focus on the poop, then we're going we're going nowhere. Exactly. We we, we got to focus on mm-hmm. you know the faith, the 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 self worth, the, the mm-hmm. ironclad value, the diamondness, the perfection,
2: mm-hmm. all the
0: support stuff that you talked mm-hmm. about that's mm-hmm. where we need to focus our, mm-hmm. yeah it, mm-hmm. it, it, it it it's a, it's about faith it's about belief
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's it's not about
0: trying to solve a, an unsolvable conundrum
1: yeah and i think at the same time simon that there are some you know and i know we're kind of we've kind of taken off on a different topic here maybe and talking about loss but i think it's all interconnected of course but I think there, there are some practical things that adoptive parents can do um, to help their um, adopted children in this area. And that's number one, being a good listener is so uh, important, being a good listener. Um, sometimes this is what our children need is just somebody to listen, but they're you know, there, there are practical things. I remember um, three, four years ago on, on Mother's Day, um, both my wife and I, both of our moms are gone now, passed away. Um, on Mother's Day, uh, we went, took our kids, and we got four uh, colored helium balloons. And we walked down to this uh, golf course, which is near our home here in the open space, and had a prayer for our mothers, and talked about, just talked about mothers, and we released those balloons. And that was a powerful thing for our kids. I think that really, you know, I often talk, that was about four years ago we did that, and I thought, you know, that's something we should do every year, because I think that really helped them. Um, to chip away at some of that ambiguity. You know, that, that balloon, um, that little ceremony was a tangible way because ambiguity is not tangible. It was a tangible way to, 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 put a, a, um, to put some reality on. Yes, we have, you know, for our kids, we have birth mothers too. We don't know if they're still alive or not but this is for them. And that was, you know, so there are some, there are some, I think tangible things that we can do for our adopted kids who, who um, have, who have had no connection with their parents. Um, And again, that's, that's all part of this. Who am I question, Uh, you know, uh, uh, writing letters is a common thing, you know, writing letters to, to, to the birth parents. Um. There are some tangible things that don't, you know, certainly don't answer all the questions, but I think there's some tangible things that can, that can help to, to take the, I don't say take the edge off, but can help, just can kind of help to to have some resolve in that ambiguity. I know, I know, Simon, that for both of my children, that often, if not daily, as my daughter mentioned, there will be that that wonderment, and that gnawing. Inside that, um, you know, um, uh, I wonder where they are. Um, you know, I remember um, when I did my dissertation, um, I interviewed thirty or forty adoptees. One young lady from India went back to India to visit, which is another practical way to to address this. But she said, I, I was wondering if I was going to see somebody, see a woman on the street that looked like me, and wondering if that was my mother.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a beautiful that, that, that balloon, four balloons, um, mm-hmm. and you're, you're empathizing with their loss, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, that, and, and empathy and listening and making it okay. Yeah. Making it okay. Mm-hmm. Sh- showing your vulnerability mm-hmm. about your loss, expressing your own loss. You right. Know? You know, I, I don't think I think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing to do, mm-hmm. and I'm
3: I'm not um, I, I I hope I haven't negated the the loss element. I just felt when when I felt that that unresolvable loss.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I was. I felt totally disempowered. I, I mm-hmm. felt. I felt stuck. I felt, um, stuck.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I felt
0: uh, uh, unable in, in that. Whilst that feeling lasted,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: felt unable to. I felt unable to move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and that's why I think we all get stuck,
0: we get stuck mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's the epi- that, that's that's the degree of stuck, isn't it? Being being stuck with something, um, right? Stuck with, a, stuck with a, a feeling until it until it goes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So this has been. I've really enjoyed this, Mark. I've, I I I got a feeling that I put a bit too much of my stuff in it halfway through, but I, it was I had to express it because this it was this layers thing, and you really helped me. You really helped me see the layers gave me another model for the layers, the layers of mm. culture, race, pre-adoption trauma, and primal wound, as as separating this out into the different layers and then separating it out into the layers of, well, we're not that what happened to us, we're not our feelings of insecurity, we're not our thoughts of I'm I'm good enough with that, with that mm-hmm. uh, the diamond that's been through all that poop that has that's thought all those poopy thoughts and felt all those poopy things. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the time, Simon. It's been a great experience and, and to, to do this and, and to meet you from across the pond. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just reminds me, uh, you know, you never know who's going to connect with your website and give you a call. <laughs> yeah. So talking
0: about websites, as always, uh, dear listeners, if you, I'd urge you to, to check out what uh, Mark's doing, um, there is a link to his organisation and the social media uh, channels in the show notes. To this uh, to this episode, they all I always build them in. So um, check them out and uh, and connect with Mark. He's a is a is a is a great guy, and especially I think if you're coming from a, 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 a if you're a person of faith and you want to bring that in, I know you've done a lot of work with um, KFO, haven't you? Is that how the press yeah. came for you? So mm-hmm. um, if that is a, is a huge dimension that you bring to this work and um, good luck with the book.
1: Thanks so much, Simon. It's a, it's a long work in progress, but I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> thank
0: you. Thank, thank you, listeners. And uh, we'll speak to you again very
3: soon. Bye-bye.